Hi, this is Nathan. I'm glad you could join us for the WADFAM Chalkpod, a place of humor, analysis, and excitement. But don't take my word for it. Find out for yourself on today's episode of the WADFAM Chalkpod. Andrew, uh, are you, you're fiddling with your mic in some way that's coming through. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no I, I, I started in the beginning and then I stopped and then Please. it's okay, I'll fiddle with my sister's scrunchie instead. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. I'm Andrew Acebo. And uh, we're we're here to talk about, I don't know, another episode of Adventures in Odyssey. What that else do we do? Be, I was going to say, that seems to be the correct choice. <laughs> I, I think that's the only thing we do. Yeah, we're here today to talk about the Veggie Tales. <laughs> only no. if you sub to us on Patreon. <laughs> Actually, Oof. if we do make a no. Patreon, I would definitely have that as a goal. No, if we if we if we do a Patreon and we do that, we we should do three two one three penguins, two one penguins. Oh, for yeah. the Phil Lawler connection. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. <laughs> it must all have some loose connection. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, uh, <laughs> we're we're talking um about episode two ninety three of Adventures in Odyssey entitled "A Code of Honor," a pun, as it were. Yes. Yes, indeed. This episode aired two weeks after the last episode we covered, on December 17th, 1994. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, it was written and directed by Mr. Paul McCusker. Mm-hmm. Episode 7 on album 22, The Changing Times. Um, and, uh, yeah, it it's... A uh, it's a kind of different episode from what we've been covering, but I'm here yeah. for it. It is in direct reference to um, Adventures in Odyssey books that were coming out uh, around the same time. Oh, I didn't know that. Starting in '92, Paul McCusker was writing and releasing just like small, essentially like you know, like your. 12 chapter kids books kind of deal yeah um that were that were set in the time before adventures in odyssey so they're set in odyssey with wit but But before but before um connie and everything exactly um so kind of in that between recollections and connie period of time um and so wait what is uh, recollections recollections is the episode about wit getting wit's end oh yeah yeah yeah. um so it's after he's got wit's end but before like the characters that we're used to are in are in the show um so yeah so i think there are like 12 of those books that were released Mm -hmm. um and then they were later released in collected i think three collected volumes with four books each um, and I have one of those volumes. Really? Um, so have you read it? Yeah. Oh yeah. As a child, like, and then in a moment of whimsy, uh, a couple nights ago, I knowing this was coming up, I read uh, the the Secret of Robin Wood, which is an episode that uh, this episode is referencing. 
or is a book that this episode is referencing. Um, so yeah, I sat down and read that in like a half hour. Um, so I have additional context. Oh wow, me. that's awesome! Yeah, Look at you. I'm so proud. I know. I've it was uh, fun I must when say... I was like, wait a second. I think I have the book they're referencing, and I looked over on my shelf, and I was like, it's there. And what it... else am I gonna do with my time? Yeah. Well, I've uh, I've been having some trouble uh, sleeping at night, mostly just because I'm you know not out and about like I normally am. And so my body is like, eh, are we really going to sleep now? And uh, and so I've been listening to, like, an episode or two of Adventures in Odyssey before I go to bed, like, every night now. There you go. It's a good comfort food. It, it really is. And honestly, like, I mean, Chalk Squad, like, highly would recommend. It, it, we, there are some episodes that I've listened to that, like, I really want to cover with you. I... I am definitely, I am definitely open to covering episodes, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is something I'm willing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then our last bit of information, uh, you know, off the top, is we do have two two new cast members for this episode. In addition to uh, returning Jason, Jack, and Connie, um, we have uh, Flo Deary as uh, Emma Douglas. Um, uh, this is mm-hmm. Emma Douglas's second appearance. She was first in the um, in Recollections, um, oh. but this is her uh, this is her only appearance being voiced by Flo Deary, who was the voice of uh, Jocasta Nu, um, who was the librarian Jedi in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Whoa, yo, I totally hear it now. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Seems to be a blip in the archives. <laughs> and then uh and then we also have uh David Bueller voicing mm-hmm. Billy McPherson. Um as the uh he has only voiced Billy McPherson in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um and he's done it for he he does it for this episode and then a couple in the future. Uh Spoiler alert that he comes back. Um, yep. And, uh, there, yeah. There she is. All right. It is a surprisingly uh, prizing, surprisingly small cast this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, though. Especially yeah, after well, coming I mean, off of, like, our oversaturated episodes between Tom everybody. for Mayor and A Name Not a Number, where just everyone was there. Yeah. It's fun to have, like, a, a small Odyssey episode. Well, and there weren't any, like, there aren't any tangential kids in this one either. Right. It's true. This is no. a kid-free episode. Yeah. All right. Finally. <laughs> yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, wait, well, real quick. Oh. We were talking about Recollections. When did, when is, like, what album is Recollections on? Do you know? I think the first one? It oh, is. Oh, okay. It's like, it's, it's episode 19. But what album was it released on? I'm about to find out. Yeah, it was released on the first album. Okay. Yep. There you go. But yeah, that and that that is an episode where Tom is telling Connie about the beginnings of Wit's End. Yeah, I need to re-listen to that. I feel like that would be very important for, you know, canonical reasons. Yeah. But I believe at this point in time, what we normally do... Wait a second. I might have spread misinformation earlier. Yeah, I lied. Uh, Emma Douglas did not 
appear in an episode of in recollections. recollections. She re- she appeared previously in an episode called Curious, isn't it? Which was on album eight. Yeah. Um. So that's my bad. Apologies. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because Wit's getting married. Yep. But she was in the. Uh, she was in the um, the books. Um, oh okay. She was in the the books about um, the Israelites. Yeah. Well, they're kind of about the Israelites. We'll we'll get into it later. Um, okay. But before we do that, I will roll the promo. Coming up next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Jack and Jason discover a strange old diary that belonged to Wet. But why is it entirely in code? And what does this have to do with the mysterious gang who's been at work all over Odyssey? Will Jack and Jason discover what's really going on? Find out on the next Adventure in Odyssey. That, uh, that promo makes it out to be way more of a mystery than what it actually is. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it makes it feel like it's going to be a very suspenseful episode, but this is very much a rainy day in the neighborhood. Things are slow. We found an old book, and now we want to learn more about it. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of the, um, weirdly, of the, the episode where... Um, Mitch and Wit are tracking down Rudy Sutton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, there's nothing, like, this is all, like, it's going to matter, but this is just kind of a, a fun episode with, like, a, you know, like a buddy cop episode yeah. with two characters we like. Yeah, and, like, and it's, like, a pretty small cast, and it's just, like, it's important because they're making it important, not because of stuff outside of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that way, you know, it will be important later. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure the episode kicks off with, um, isn't it Connie and is it Jack talking about crime in, in Odyssey? No, that's that's not for quite a while. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Go it, ahead. It, it starts out with um, with Jack showing up at, at wit's end and kind of checking out where jason's staying yeah because jack he's feels, at wit's house yeah and jack feels really bad about the fact that he's living at wit's house and jason's living at wit's end um they talk about the fact they haven't seen each other in 10 years um jason throughout all this episode uh is referring to jack as uncle jack yeah um, which i think is really sweet oh um, yeah and then, it's and, adorable and then it, it gives me a very much to... a don't call me pop situation, yes. but it's not like bad. Right. It it it's the it, it gives it it's doing the same thing as that does, but in this scenario it's not it's not Jason being like oblivious or a jerk. It's this thing of like he grew up with Jack being called Uncle Jack. Yeah. Um, hasn't seen the man in 10 years and so so that's jack going or jason going from his 20s to his 30s which is like one of those big transitions in like dropping the formalities between people but now he's going back and seeing someone he hasn't seen for years and um and he's 
kind of falling back on that thing of like, well, I always called you, you Uncle Jack. Um, so that's just what I'm going to do. And Jack's being like, look, like we're more peers now. Um, you can mm-hmm. you can drop the uncle thing. We don't we don't need that. Like it, it was a term of respect when you were a child, but you are no longer a child. Yeah, I'm in a very strange period right now where I feel it more natural to call my parent or my parent, not my parents, my friends' parents by their first names rather mm-hmm. than Mr. and Mrs., you know, Haverstick or whatever. Uh but I don't quite have the confidence to do that. Like it feels <laughs> wrong for me to say Mr. Haverstick or Mrs. Haverstick rather than Doug and Dixie. Right. Uh shout out to Nathan's parents, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> friend of the pod yeah uh, and um but yeah it it is it is a weird it's a weird thing um that i, I i'm glad that everybody goes through and it's not just me being indecisive <laughs> because no. nope that is a that is a natural part of growing up andrew yeah i only call my parents by their first name when i need to get their attention in a crowd yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. And that was as a child because I realized yelling mom does not specifically address Maria Sabo. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, and so so they they then, um, Jack and Jason go down into the basement of Wit's End to look around mm-hmm. at, at things. Um, kind of, they're, they're getting Wit's workshop cleaned up while he's gone. That was something Wit kind of asked Jason to do. And Jason's going to need the space if he's going to be doing his own inventing and that sort of thing. So, you know, we got to yeah. we gotta do this. Um, and so they, uh, yeah, so they're, they're down there digging around. Jason points out a prototype imagination station that looks like a phone booth, um, mm. which is a really fun... A uh, shout out to both like the old school art um, for Odyssey and also the uh, much blind mini series uh, oh, yeah. of, of videos that Odyssey put out, both of which have like this more phone boothy kind of imagination station. I thought that the uh, animated series had like the kind of rocket ship thing. Well, I think so. I think I think the I think the new animated series did, but I think the original had the phone booth. Oh, okay. Um, and like obviously, like more recent, honestly, like the the best image that we get in artwork of the Imagination Station is from Eugene Returns, where mm-hmm. it has this very like it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what we're to assume. But this is shouting out the the old school phone booth one. Um, yeah which i think is fun which and I that's always... also um sorry not to cut you off but the the phone booth one is also what is in um what's referenced in the book series if i'm recalling correctly oh okay um which is just yeah another interesting layer yeah i always had this kind of like envision of like like a like almost like a sensory deprivation chamber situation where it's like kind of cylindrical but it's like it's big so they feel like they're walking around you know mm-hmm. but yeah. i guess it's i guess it's more of a closer to a video game than anything right like the the artwork especially in eugene returns shows shows it as being like 
more a thing where like you would sit in it yeah. whereas i always kind of pictured it as this metal egg that had mm-hmm. like a hatch because we always hear that hatch yeah and you open it up and you're like standing in front of like the control panel for the uss enterprise or something yeah is is where my mind has always been um but another thing i've been watching to put myself at sleep at night uh, ah. the original star trek there you go but um yeah i th- yeah i mean this is completely tangential but i think yeah it was always weird to me because then when they started bringing up the room of consequences where it's that there's this idea that it's an entire room i was like I thought that the imagination station was basically an entire room. <laughs> yeah. And on the other hand, the room of consequences seems like it's more of a closet than a room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, anyways, so then there's this whole thread throughout this episode of Jack having deja vu where like the events happening around him are reminding him of a dream he had the night mm-hmm. before. Um, it's 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 very interesting. Um, it's yeah, kind of I, a weird direction for Odyssey to go. I think in some ways. I think for I have the most opinions part on it, this. For the <laughs> most the... part, it works. But yeah, like we'll, we'll we'll get into it as we go on. Yeah, there it, it is. It is weird because it's um, surprisingly charismatic for Adventures in Odyssey to acknowledge like somewhat prophetic dreams yeah and it's it it gives it gives it a more supernatural feel than a lot of odyssey is willing to go oh 100 percent. like With they the always acknowledge like the... castles and cauldrons um yeah but like yeah but that is an episode i do not want to cover yeah no we, we've talked about that on and off air although i i would love to cover the mortal coil yeah. All right. Maybe. Who re-listen, knows? Re-listen. Re-listen to it and give it some thought. Okay. I may do that. Anyways, uh, so back to the episode. So yeah. So the thing that kind of triggers Jack's deja vu here, um, is him seeing this leather-bound book, um, that is they open it up and it seems to be this kind of ledger. It's written in code. Um, which Jason gets very excited about and I, yeah. I think is great. Um, he gets so giddy about it and Jack's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and there is this there is this incredible moment where Jason then jokes to Jack about Wit being a secret agent. Yeah. <laughs> which is so funny because Jason knows for a fact that Wit has done secret agenty stuff um, and is now just like taking this opportunity to make make yeah. a funny comment about it at jack's expense is it official that wit was a secret agent or he worked with secret agencies um the so we talked about oh i think i think officially in the canon of the show he was a secret agent but like even the last episode um we tasha we, ta- worked with him right well yeah tasha worked with him but jason also made that comment about like making sh- like he and wit made kind of made sure that neither one of them knew what the other had been, was working on. Yeah. Um, which implies that, like, yeah, there's quite a bit going on there. Um, but, yeah. And then, uh, and, and then, then they, go, they oh, go upstairs. 
Oh, you have something else? No, no, no. Go for it. Oh yeah, yeah. So then, then, then they go upstairs, and mm-hmm. uh, and Connie's there, and I yep. was just happy to see Connie. Yeah, this is um, a good Connie episode. Yeah, yeah. She's she gets, and I think this is emblematic of of Odyssey post wit. Mm-hmm. But Connie gets to, to gets a little bit more of a of a front row seat, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because like for. Like for Katie Lee, she is now like the senior member of the show. Yeah. Like it's like her and Will Ryan have been there since essentially the beginning. And now all of the other actors and stuff, now that Hal Smith is gone, um, are newcomers. Yeah. Um, so I like that she gets, she gets to, you know, do a little bit more. And she doesn't do much in this episode, but it's still, I don't know. It just, it feels better. Than the last couple times, yeah, we've seen Connie. Well, and I think I think what it is is this this whole idea of wit isn't there, and so all these people have to f- like are stepping up to function as wit within the show. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so they're giving Connie more kind of respect because she's functioning more as a wit character than she is as a as a Connie character. You know, as as the yeah. young stupid person that needs to make all the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that that trend kind of continues. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll obviously be talking about it a lot. Um, and so yeah, Connie Connie's talking um, is reading the newspaper and talks about um, this uptick in robberies and vandalism in Odyssey, um, and. And Jack is kind of like, oh, well, like, man, like, you know, being from Chicago, I've come to expect this stuff, but this is Odyssey. Yeah. Um, and the police are blaming all of it on a gang. Um, it, it's implied that this gang is not the Bones of Wrath, but also it might be the Bones of Wrath. I don't know. Connie refers to the Bones of Wrath as not really a gang as much of as much as like a team of bullies, which I think is really apt. Oh yeah, no, it's it's one hundred percent correct. <laughs> like they are they are they are just kids that are you know uh, screwing around. Like yeah, like growing up. I mean, do you remember the Mills Gang? Yes. Like, that was a thing, and it was like, you know, me and Dylan are from a small town, and, uh, a relatively small town, and, you know, there's not much crime at all, but there was a group of, like, you know, angsty juniors in high school, and they called themselves the Mills Gang, and I'm pretty sure they just smoked cigarettes, and I think they burned down a barn or something like that, petty shoplifting and stuff. Right. It was it it's very much a butt of jokes kind of gang, not like a not like a not like a city gang. Yeah, not like one that I'm genuinely afraid of. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but but yeah, so and then Connie says this I don't know, this line that winds up being also kind of prophetic. Um, where she's just like, I, uh, you know, I wish that there was such thing as a good gang rather than all of these bad gangs. That's what Um, churches are. (laughs) (laughs) Come to Andrew's new church, the good gang. (laughs) That's my new sitcom to take place of the good place. (laughs) Meeting, uh, every, every Sunday on Zoom. Yep. Um, 
<laughs> who will each go outside and mow somebody else's lawn, and then we'll come back and talk to a, talk about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, the good grass gang. So, <laughs> so yeah, so then Jack's showing Connie this book. Um, oh, oh no, no, no. So, so that's where Jason comes down and explains mm-hmm. that he cracked the code. Because that it's just a cipher um, where there are numbers corresponding with letters and A is five and B is mm-hmm. six. Like, it's a pretty easy one. Um, and he said, he, he explains that the that the book is like a ledger of minutes um, mm-hmm. from a book, for, or rather from a group called the Israelites. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, they're all being referred to by like biblical names. Yeah. Um, but there's also a list of regular names with like words beside them, like paint and clean and garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and Connie's looking through that list to see if she can recognize um, any of them, and she sees uh, Emma Douglas, who uh was an employee at wit's end before she was um she's never actually met emma but she knows who she is mm-hmm. um well i mean it says on the wiki that emma douglas was the first employee at wit's end yeah aside from so. i guess wit yeah i guess he's not an employee as much as an employer but whatever yeah um but yeah yeah, and th- so basically this episode takes, like, there's two two pivotal points, right? So they find this code, and they have to crack the code, and then they have to try and find these people that are involved with it. And the whole, there's a lot of discussion throughout the episode of it being like, well, why are you doing this? And uh, and it's not really addressed until later, which I think is really well done, um, but there's basically, like, this kind of conversation between uh like connie and jack and jason of it just being like so what are you gonna do if you find these people you're just gonna be like hey you remember that one time you did that thing like yeah. Yeah. um but they i mean so they end up going to emma douglas's house right right and uh and speaking with her about um the israelites and, and she originally denies it at first says she knows nothing about it and then jack basically like reverse psychologies her or something he, he he tricks her into talking about the fact that she had her garage door painted and yep. that he knows that it was painted um because like something about getting the garage door painted at wit's end and stuff like that and she's like yep. okay fine let's talk about the israelites yep um and so yeah she explains that the israelites were a group that did good deeds in secret Mm-hmm. The whole point was to help people out without trying to gain recognition. Yeah. Um, it's an inverse gang. Instead of doing bad right. things for recognition, they're doing good things without recognition. Right. And she she was... The only reason she knows about it is because one night she was woken up when someone knocked something over in her garage. And she was afraid that, you know, she was being robbed or something. And so, you know, she came out there and yelled, and then Wit ended up coming over, explaining the situation. And the whole reason these kids were trying to do garden work at night um, was because she was so stubborn that mm-hmm. 
she wouldn't let anyone help her. Yeah, um, so her so husband they, died, and so she and she was all alone, and she wouldn't let anybody help her. Yep. And perfect religion is this, looking after the orphans and widows. Get it, mm-hmm. Israelites. I'm I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so yeah, and so she, so Wit came over. He explained the situation, um, and it you know helped her learn to recognize her stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also promised to never talk about it. Yes. Um, and so all of that is from the secret of Robinwood. Oh, um, okay. The the book I read. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you read all of it? Yeah. For 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 this episode. Yeah, see, Secret Cave of Robinwood is like you know, twelve ten page chapters with large font. Like it is a. Oh. I, it okay. took me like twenty thirty minutes to read. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> and and in it. Um, we have a, a character, Mark Prescott, who is trying to join the Israelites. And he um, goes out on this thing, like on kind of his initiation night, to help out at Emma's house and knocks over um, a, a hoe in the, in the garage, making a noise. And then they all have to scatter. Um, and then Wit has to go explain things to Emma um and so one of the cool things with the book is that all the israelites are referred to not by their actual names but by their gang names Mm -hmm. um which are all like old testament characters and so um and so the person who goes back after wade explains the situation um the leader of the group a man or a, a, a kid named jonathan Mm-hmm. Um, or codename Jonathan goes back to the house and apologizes um, mm-hmm. as the leader of the group because he just feels bad about the whole thing. Um, and uh, in this episode, Emma refers to, um, says that Billy McPherson came to her house and apologized. And so now you, being the educated man yourself, can make that connection. <laughs> right, of like, ah, so Billy was Jonathan. And, like, of course, the parents are all like, yeah, it's a small town. Like, we know who these people are. And mm-hmm. the kids probably know what their real names are as well. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, in a book being told from the kid Mark Prescott's perspective, he just refers to him as Jonathan. Um, yeah. And then this episode's like, yeah, Jonathan, uh, we're not going to use Jonathan because that would be confusing. His name is actually Billy, Billy McPherson. McPherson. And um, so then they go to Billy, they find Billy McPherson. Yeah. Well, they try to find Billy McPherson and then yeah. they get lost. Jack and Jason get lost. And they, because um, uh, he lives in like Connellsville or something like that. And um, they get lost on the way there. They get a, what, yeah. a pothole and then they there's, end up going to a service station. Yeah. So there's this whole thing like leading up to that where where jack explains that like jack's back at wit's end talking with connie and jason yeah explaining the situation is like you know um uh so it's billy mcpherson and connie's like well did you look him up in the phone book and jack's like i did he's not in there um but i was able to go to odyssey high and the person who organizes 
the re- class reunion yeah, the, was yeah, there yeah. and gave me and gave me the location of him. Um, his family moved to Connellsville. And so there's a couple things here. One, I love that Jack has wits ability of just being able to retrieve any and, information out of anybody and ever. Yep. It's great. But the other thing is that somehow because he's in Connellsville, he isn't in the phone book. Yeah. Now let me take a step back for those of you who don't remember phone books. Um, they weren't specific to one town. No. Honestly, it's a small area. Connellsville is the nearest place. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's not how phone books they work. They have two different phone books. Like phone books are at the very least covering a county. Yeah. Often more. Yeah. Um so I, I believe growing really... up we had uh we had the Lancaster one and then we had Lancaster and York. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's so funny to me that that they that like whereas Jack the story could have been Jack looked in the phone book mm-hmm. and the address was in Connellsville. But instead, they're like, no, 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 he can't find Connellsville in the phone book. So he goes to the high school, and someone gives him information for some reason, and that's how he finds it. And I'm like, you guys just made this way more complicated than it had to be, right? Well, exactly. And the whole point is that, like, so they get his address. They accomplish what the phone book does, and they don't even, like, address it much. They just say that that's what happened. Right. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny. And so, and so, yeah, there, there's this, there's this great, and so this scene then is a lot of what we were talking about earlier of Connie and Jack and Jason, and Jason and Connie just being like, so Jack, why are you, like, why are you so set on this? What are you going to do? Um... Like, what, what is all of this? What's, what's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. And Jax continues to be a little bit cagey about it. He talks about, um, you get the idea that it's also, like, a chance for him to, to be closer for wit, but that, like, is kind of what he's pitching, but there's also something that we're not quite seeing. Um, he seems, he seems convicted about this. We'll say that. Yeah. And the circumstances yeah. really don't require conviction. Right. And, the the thing I love about Jack's character so much is he has a lot of the qualities of wit, but he is way less confident in himself. Yeah, he's he is, so much more human. He is constantly second-guessing himself. He talks about, like, not wanting to... Like, so the reason they go to Emma Douglas is because while they have addresses for everyone else, they at least know who Emma is. And that gives him a starting point because he feels weird about going up to someone and just, like, saying, hey, like, what do you, like... What do you know about this one thing that happened a long time ago? Right, like, it matters to him that things are, like, that that his his intentions are clear and that he is not causing a disruption um and it it's part of him being an outsider in odyssey as well Mm -hmm. where he just he doesn't he doesn't have the repertoire that wit did 
Well, um, and, and I think that we we see that very clearly. Like we talked about this a lot in uh, the case of the secret room, where it was like wit just waltzes up to anybody and everybody and just gets whatever he wants out of them. Right. And like he just had just no qualms about it. And like he's obviously not doing anything bad, but like Jack is so much more human in the sense that like the normal human hesitations that Wit doesn't have, he definitely does. And I think that's one of the reasons I like him so much. Yeah. Like, Wit is a very much larger-than-life character, and a lot of the characters in Odyssey are, but Jack is, like, very much a real person. Yeah, I I find myself in these re-listens having such an affection for Jack mm-hmm. because he is so incredible incredibly relatable Mm -hmm. in just that he lacks this utter self-confidence and is constantly just like well like i'm i'm trying my best but i don't want to ruffle feathers and like i want to i want to be yeah he just he's he's so human and i love it yeah and Um, i think it's one of the things i like about tom a lot too mm, yeah yeah it's Um, true he does have that Tom does have a similar vibe as well. And it's it's super, I think it's very effective in that respect. And because the whole thing is that these are characters that are kind of taking the place of wit or functioning in the same I am older, wiser role. Right. And normally, if it was wit, it, that would also come with confidence. But right. because these characters are different, it's not, and I just think it's very special, and yeah. and it's really good, and and so it's it, getting back to to the episode, um, you know, we learn later that Jack had a dream, yep, and that this dream was that somebody was in trouble, mm-hmm. or somebody was lost, basically, yeah, and so um, anyway, like we so we talked about them getting getting the address, driving out there, so they get lost. And it was I love um, this. I love the scene of them getting lost. Yeah. It is a really it is a really great scene of them driving around on these back roads. Mm-hmm. Um and and he and Jason talk a little bit more about the dreams thing. And Jack just makes this reference to like his dreams have become way more vivid since he's been um in Odyssey, uh, yeah. which is really really interesting. Um and so they're they are lost deep in the in the thick of the Connellsville woods. Yeah. Um, well, and, and they're using a map, and that was the thing that kind of blew my mind. I was like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, getting an address doesn't mean you know how to get somewhere anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Like yep. even pre smartphones, like this is pre GPS. Like yeah, yeah. And so they're they're on they're on these these back roads with the with the maps, but the roads are so small that they're not on the map. Yeah. Um and they pull over to this gas station and the gas station has handmade maps. Yep. They're, like they're it's like, like there there hasn't been anybody who has taken the time to like map out these back roads. Yeah. Which is incredible. We are truly in another land. Yeah. It could be Narnia. We aren't yeah. sure. Maybe it's Maris. Oh. Um, oh. I only know what that is because of the ads. That's funny. Because yeah. I've never listened to passages. Hey. That's going to be a fun series when we do that one, folks. Because yep. Andrew has not heard it. Yeah, um, Dylan loves it. <laughs> um, 
anyways, so so yeah, so uh, Jack's filling up the car with gas, and Jason's inside getting directions from from this guy, and then and then Jack walks in, um, mm-hmm. and uh, just has this. He's got that like where like he's starting to he's he's a, a thing that Odyssey uses a lot, where he's talking. Um, and then his voice just kind of trails out and you can tell like that he's like staring at something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the person behind the, who's working at the gas station, um, is Billy McPherson. Yeah. So they say that, um, they said that they're looking for the McPhersons. Yeah. Jason, Jason says that he's out there looking for the McPhersons yeah. and Billy's like, Oh, or no, he says that they're going to an address and like, he asked where the road is. And, yeah. uh, and the guy is behind the counter is like, Oh, that's right around the corner. There's only one family who lives on that road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jason's like, Oh, we're looking for the McPhersons. He was like, well, why would you want to go to the McPhersons? And then that's where Jack's like, you're a really? McPh- like that. That's yeah. you. Yeah, because his name—he's like, oh, because his voice trails off, and he's like, well, your 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 name tag says Billy. Yep, and I like that Jason doesn't register it and just like keeps going. Yeah, um, and Jack's like, no, 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 like this is the guy we're yeah. looking for. Tar- target target acquired. Yep, <laughs> we we figured it out. <laughs> and so uh, Billy yells to Frank, um, and then go they go over to a diner um, to sit down and and talk about things. Man, I miss going to diners. Mm, yeah uh the before times were so good guys they were we didn't know what we had <laughs> you know the closest thing i ever came to missing diners this much was when i was in italy and i just craved pancakes so bad <laughs> i was like i just want i just want diner food so bad <laughs> i'm uh. done with apricots i need maple syrup <laughs> right now uh um but yeah and uh what so so they um jack and jason are then just asking billy about the israelites and um he explains they were you know this group of this group of kids um who two or three nights a week went around helping people out um it only lasted for about two summers uh because they became interested in girls at the, the third yeah. summer which i think is it was fun. hilarious um and uh yeah and then he also he talks about the fact that he just talks about how great wit was how good of a sunday school teacher he was and mm-hmm. um that he doesn't he hasn't really go hasn't really been going to church anymore um well and and that's uh because we didn't touch on it earlier emma douglas also said the same thing about wit where she was talking about the israelites and said oh you know wit would do anything to make the bible come alive and that's basically like yep that's like kind of a theme this episode is that like wit did this thing to make the bible come alive right right because because and we didn't really talk about it but the the group from what um Jason and Emma kind of made it sound like started out as a group the sort of Bible of, study. Almost. Right. Yeah, exactly. Is them maybe like acting out Bible stories and that sort of thing. And then became this like, well, like let's take what we're learning and put it into practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so so that's the kind of gang that I could get involved in, like mm. guard ga- gang gardening. Yo. Yeah, dude, they're, they're both. That's how I'm gonna break quarantine, man. I'm gonna break social distancing with my gardening gang. <laughs> <laughs> both the uh, both reading the book and listening to this episode just gave me such a beautiful nostalgia for like that era of being a kid oh yeah um and just like oh man like this these were the sort of things that like ran through my head and were just like like this is this is like everything i wanted Mm -hmm. um uh and it and it, it just it rings true to like how good of an idea that that is that like oh, yeah. on it's the surface it seems idea. like could you like you would really get kids to like do more chores but when you turn it into an adventure like wit did like you absolutely 100%. get it and if you're doing it and, with like friends that you like like i mean yeah. that's basically what life groups were yeah or what they were supposed to be at least yeah and um and, and like yeah it's like service becomes so much more fun when you're doing it with people you like absolutely and i just fun fact we the uh, wadfam chalk pod was founded via a service project that me and dylan did together yeah yeah kind of was um but but yeah and it's it's a true testament to like to mccusker's skill as a writer that he Mm -hmm. can so well capture that like energy of being a kid and like yeah. wanting to do all this stuff because it is like it is we talked last episode about how good like both Lawler and McCusker are at doing these like mysteries and like how impressive a feat that is but also it is incredible how well everyone like how well just the stuff about being a kid is written oh my gosh yeah it's so good and it's it's actually very interesting to me right now because because of the nature of of quarantine i guess i don't know we i have i have uh, a lot of younger kids in my neighborhood that i'm not super close with and uh and just yesterday i was coming home from work and i saw three kids that were probably you know all of them are in elementary school uh, at the top of the hill next to my house and they were going to race down to the bottom. And like, I used to do that all the time with my friends. And it was Uh just this like weird thing that like somehow in this situation that feels so distinct from everything that I've ever experienced, there's like, I don't know, some sort of subconscious calling that even people that are completely different than me, are feeling to do these things that I did. <laughs> and I think that the Israelites are similar in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, and so, yeah, Jack and Jason decide to give Billy the Israelite Chronicles, this book they mm-hmm. found, um, in a move that I, I just love so much, that gesture. I love his reaction to it. He was like, yeah. no, I can't have this. Like, this is important. Like, I shouldn't right. have this. And they're like, no. And I and I love I love that they like that even though this was Wit's possession, they never second guess themselves in that. Just with this utter confidence, they're like, we need to give this to this guy, and like w- like Wit's not gonna have an issue with that. Yeah. Like like this is the correct play and 
like the confidence in that I love after we've had um just seen Jack not be confident. I yeah. Um Yeah, well and so and this kind of leads us into the whole dream part of the episode which we kind of touched on, which yeah. is so, so basically is Jack, Jack has and... these reoccurring dreams uh about is is it about the Israelites? I mean, it's about somebody being lost and needing help, and that's yeah, for sure. It 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 seems it seems v- intentionally vague enough. But so at yeah. this point, they've left Billy, and it's just Jack and Jason. Um, Billy's well, gone. They've given um, him. So they gave him the book after they had a conversation about him not going to church. Right. Yep. And, and then, then they kind of have this thing where he's like, you know, you should go back to church. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I will. Right. And then he leaves and goes back to the gas station. And that's when Jason's like, hey, like, Jack, that guy was in your dream, right? Because mm-hmm. you knew who he was even before you saw the name tag. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack's kind of like, yeah. Like, I just i have had been having this dream of someone who is lost um, and kind of everything that we did today kind of echoed back to that and led us to this person. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which is his super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And is that where the episode goes out? Um, The episode goes out on Jack saying, Hey, maybe it's time to restart the Israelites. Yeah, basically, um, like, it's like, you know, because of circumstances now with this increased crime. Right. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's what Odyssey needs. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's where the episode goes out. Yeah. But. It, it, it is a very interesting move on them kind of doing the dreams and the, and the more supernatural side of things, um, very uncharacteristic of Odyssey, as we mentioned. Uh, and and I like I like how it I like how it plays it down. Mm-hmm. But I also like I like how it plays it down, not because it's not important, but because Jack is one not looking for glory for himself, and two not super confident and like jumping to you know like it makes him relatable it does and it feel it makes it feel very much like he is being led to this place Mm -hmm. he is not he's being drawn he's not finding it exactly this isn't he got he was delivered a clear message on what to do and he is now going to do it it's like with every step of the journey he is just following the nudges from God that he's feeling and mm. it's leading him to this outcome. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. No, it is. It is really cool. And I like that. Um, I wish, I, you know, the, the more supernatural and the more charismatic side of the faith, I think transfers to um, media kind of poorly. Typically. I think that there's a very distinctly part of humanness that is involved with that side of Christianity that I think that oftentimes if you try and put it in media it it gets distorted where either they're too comp- they're they're too confident or they downplay it completely or 
you know, it ends up falling in in either extreme more mm-hmm. so than I think it ever really shows in real life. And I think that this is actually a decent comparison to, like, kind of feel what it feels like to be drawn by something vague, but of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, you cool if I hit you with some discussion questions? Go for it. Um, why did Jack feel it was so important to unravel the mystery of the Israelites? Well, I mean, it seems like the Holy Spirit's the easy answer there. Um, I think that, I think that it probably started off with just genuine curiosity. Like, this is interesting. Because it is so unique, and, like, I remember hearing that as a kid and being like, yeah, why don't those things exist? (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think that, like, I think that Odyssey knows that I think that, and I think that, you know, Focus on the Family knows that I think that, and they're, they're playing on that, um, which is kind of why you, you hear that, like, this is an exceptionally good idea, like, three or four times this episode. Yeah. Um, from, like, different characters. So, that, that, that'd be the end of my, or my answer. I mean, what yeah. do you think? No, I, I'm, I'm with you. It seems like, it seems like he is very much being guided towards this towards this end mm-hmm. um yeah and it's and it's so interesting because it's, it feels like wit operates so in like so in touch with god that he doesn't ever seem drawn mm, right like, like it's not a it, spirit no, influencing on him it's his spirit you know yeah because his yeah, spirit is so mean. close to that of god right and like he functioned as the as the god character Right. No, you're absolutely right in that in that respect. Um, question two, I think it's kind of funny, but do you, do you think Jack's dreams meant anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think focus the on the family. You're that, showing your colors. I think that that the episode makes it very clear that these dreams mean yeah. something. Yeah. No, um, definitely. But then the uh, the the part B of that question is. Have you ever had dreams like Jack? Oh, um, yes. Yes, I have. Uh, the one that comes to mind first, uh, was a couple months after my grandfather had died. I was really young, like, I don't know, maybe 11 at the time. And I remember, like, obviously it was very upsetting, but I just went to bed and I had a dream and it was super vivid and it was like me and my younger sister in the back seat of their car and he was driving and my grandmother was in the passenger seat in the front and uh and he just looked back at me and said like it's okay like i'm mm. good and just being like huh yeah one wasn't looking for that two <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> like yeah um for all of the stupid stuff I have done and said in my life, I, I, for some reason, have a very sensitive spirit, I guess, in that sense. Like, I find interacting with that to be more normal for me, to have those kinds of feelings and experiences, which is weird Mm. and i don't like i don't necessarily know how because i don't really feel like it's 
because I'm a super good Christian or anything like that. <laughs> or, like, I grind really hard to be, like, in touch with the heart of God. I mean, it's true that, it's true that I do. Like, I, I take my, you know, my Christian walk very seriously. But I think that, like, just as other people have different types of gifts, that has just been something that I've always naturally kind of had experiences with without really wanting them (laughs) right yeah yeah whereas i'll be on the opposite end where i'm like nope never have had any dreams like that i barely have dreams of the normal kind exactly Um, and that's like yeah and and that is just as good if not better well like it's not it's not to invalidate anybody's experience it's just like yeah i can i can happily live, live in a world where you experience that like faith in that way and I do not. Yeah. Like I don't exactly, think, exactly. I don't think and it's everything not... needs to be the same to everyone. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a hierarchy of faith. No. No. So Yeah. Um, and then just uh do you think a good gang is a good idea? Yes. And uh w- would you like to be a part of the Israelites? As long as gardening's involved one hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not I, much into painting, but I'll garden. Yeah, I do. Although I gardening think, by moonlight feels like a terrible idea. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I I do feel this, which is... Also, how many times this, do you think they painted something and somebody accidentally touched it? <laughs> so many. Um, but my thing with this is, I think this episode, it does set forth this really cool idea of like... What if there's this gang that's, like, doing good deeds in secret and whatnot? But it also makes it fanciful to a degree that I think makes it hard to then be applicable. Oh, 100%. Like, like they're building up this such an idealistic form of, like, well, what if, like, you know, everything you know, everything perfectly aligned. And like, we had this group of really close kids with this wise adult mentor who could like organize all this stuff. And then like, we do it in secret in the night and all of our parents are cool with it and all that where I'm like, and all of our parents are cool with it. (laughs) And where, where I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't take this much of an adventure to serve. Oh no, not at all. Like, and I think I think it's And it doesn't maybe, take that much of an adventure to make serving enjoyable. Right. I think it's maybe I think sometimes lost, especially on me as a kid, of being like, man, this is so cool, but like that's never going to happen to me. And so mm-hmm. that's just where it ends. And recognizing, like, no, there are other ways to serve. You can mm-hmm. do all this stuff, you know. At, on a much less frequent basis, like two or three yeah. times a week is like, that's a lot of organizational legwork and we don't have a wit, but like, yeah. can you get a group of people together once a month to go help out something like, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. it is. And they can know that you're coming and you can still be humble about it. And right. it's still important. Right. Like, I think it is a really cool thing that this that these episodes do and i love i love this idea but also we need to recognize that in our own lives this it doesn't have to be unattainable like this is something that 
we can pull off in different ways. And service also doesn't have to be going out and doing physical labor for people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 100%. And so I just I es- think it's Especially worth- right now. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Uh, um, I, for some reason, I had this kind of analogy come to my head. And, and, and stop me if it's completely ridiculous. But, like, it, it seems like the Israelites are, like, superheroes. And, like, what service looks like for most people and in my life is more like being a doctor where it's like, yes, we're both saving lives, but like one of us is very like practical and like rooted in reality. And like, they know what's happening and I know what's happening. And like, I'm doing this thing because I want to, and because you know, it's for the good of them and, and they appreciate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not larger than life. You don't have right. to... You don't need a god figure to make that happen. Like, yes. you know. Yep. No, I'm I I'm in agreement with you on that. I think that that is... That's very much how I feel as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All that's... in all, I mean, I love the Israelites. I've, yeah. I'm actually super excited to, like... When we were talking about covering Blackard, I kind of remembered loosely that the Israelites were involved... And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's good stuff. Like, I, I'm excited for, I'm excited for what's to come. Um, this was mm. just a nice, it was just a really nice break in pace um, for, like, a pretty frantic series. Yeah. Um, up until this point, it was nice to just have a smaller story. Um, and, yeah. So that's that's the episode. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Weirdly enough, I've got a slew of stuff I want to talk about here at the end. You just go for it, man. Just go um, for it. So big thing off the top, a uh, huge uh, shout out to our uh, continual supporter of of this podcast, uh, Mr. Mr. Lee. Um of of the uh, AIO wiki he um in this past week reached out with the uh 1992 to 1998 theme with no words really um, he got it from a hopeful friend of the show Nathan Hubler <laughs> what <laughs> and Hoobler? so um so you have now have heard that at the top of the show. If you so, like I know Lee, to and it Lee at- knows Hubler. <laughs> so in an essence, I know Hubler. <laughs> so yeah, so you listeners, you will have heard that at the beginning. You'll hear it again here at the end. Um, but yeah, we have the correct theme now. What um, a hero! Which is so exciting to thank me. you, Hoobs, and thank um, you, thank you, Lee. You yeah, are God amongst men. Thank you. That that was that was a that was such an exciting email to receive. Yeah, of... me and Dylan didn't talk about this off mic, so this is my no, first time hearing this. No, I, I I thought about bringing you up at the top, and then I was like, actually, like I want to tell everyone about that. Um, yeah, and so so I'll do it in the episode. So, yeah, thank you for hearing our pleas and uh, and for and for sending that in. And yeah, he responds to please. That that was very exciting. Um, so that's not really a plug, just something cool that happened um, that I wanted everyone to know about. Um, 
And Did then... you Venmo him a sheep in exchange? <laughs> ah, I should. Um, and then additionally, uh, I just recently, um, last, yeah, like last week, uh, put out my spring playlist. So for anybody who's mm-hmm. been it's uh, a following following the, the progression of, of our playlists, uh, or of my playlists, rather, uh, this is... Dylan doesn't the, let me get involved in this playlist. No, this is this is the fifth installment. It's entitled uh, "A Bizarre Spring" because um, that's what it's been. So if you like, uh, I don't know, moody alt rock, uh, go go check that out. I'll put a, I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes. Um, listen and, through it. If you don't like it, never have to listen to it again. Yeah, that's fair. And then finally, um, a. Uh, a podcast that that I enjoy quite a quite a bit, the Unmade podcast, um, did a uh, experimental episode where they released uh, fifteen minutes of one side of a podcast and asked people to uh, fill in the other half of that podcast, however they feel. Um, and I did that, and I made it into the final cut. Wow! So I will be putting that in the description. What was it about? Um, oh, I mean, it was just it was just two, well, one person talking. It wound up being, I think, mostly about the moon. Um, but interesting. I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll throw that link down there too. It's like a, um, you know, sixty minutes of of an episode, and I am maybe in five minutes. Um, but it was still a fun moment for me. And yeah, no, it's I great. Know. I thought maybe you people would <laughs> would appreciate that. Why do you obviously... think that we read all the reviews? It is such a extreme dopamine rush to be recognized by the creators of people <laughs> of things you like. Yeah, that's fair. I do, I do like that. It was yeah, it was interesting to to hear hear bits and pieces. So like the way they did it, um, because they had a bunch of different people send in these clips they then like cut them up and intersperse them all throughout oh Um, okay and so like it's not like there's like a five minute stretch with me in it um but like i randomly appear a couple times throughout the episode um so (laughs) there you go uh yeah that was that was a that was a fun a fun thing to get to uh to get to experience and enjoy um and so yeah if you if you feel like it, you can do the same. And also, it's just a it's just a fun podcast. Yeah. So so 100%. maybe you know if I can be the gateway for you guys into a better podcast than what I make, uh, that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, but in all in all reality, uh, thank you for uh, uh, to Johnny Youngblood who reached out to us on Anchor. Uh, yeah. He sent in some clips. Uh, they they I mean. You know, it's only one thirty here, but it's safe to say that uh, yeah, that made my day. Yeah, yeah, that we was always awesome. we always appreciate you know uh, the the voice memo feature in Anchor is a really fun way. It's not as public as a review, but it is more it is more personal. Um, and and yeah, so so thank you thank you to Johnny for sending in one of those. And if if other people would like to do so, um, I'd be cool with that as well. Yeah, and it can be, I mean, it can be comments or it can be questions, like if there's, or, or uh, I mean, even like requests to cover specific episodes and stuff like that, you know, yeah. any, anything and like that. If you've got, uh, I'm going to throw this out here and we'll, we'll see what happens, but if you have thoughts about an episode that is upcoming, 
um, and you want to drop those in before we cover it, maybe that'll get edited into the episode, depending on what happens. So yeah. if you uh, I'm, if you I'm want to it. if you want to do what I did and appear in in an episode of a show you like, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll happen. I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll root for you. Dylan, I can tell, is hesitant, but I'll, I'll root for you, mysterious person who's anchoring in. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it'll, you know, um, I, I will accept, I will accept listener, listener questions about upcoming episodes or snide comments or that sort of thing. Um, but know that sending something in doesn't necessarily mean you'll be on the show, but I do still like you. Yes. And we do appreciate it greatly. And yeah. we do listen to all of them. Yes. Listen to all of them, read all the reviews, read all the emails, I read all the tweets. Like, I, I try and respond when I can, but if something is headed my way, I have seen it, and in most circumstances, I have shared it with Andrew as well. So, yep. um, even if you don't hear back from me, know that you are heard and you are appreciated. Yeah. Even when you don't say nice stuff. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and with that being said, uh, we are finishing out this episode and next week, we start the first episode of Darkness Before Dawn. Um, kind of our Blackguard finale, 12-parter. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the battle lines of Blackguard. Yep. Um, and that episode is called Small Fires, Little Pools. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. A Code of Honor was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick. Hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Shock Pod.